Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Our Lasses podcast featuring young Paul Moran. Um, are you happy with that introduction now, Paul? Are you? Yeah, it's a bit better. Like. Yeah, I thought I'd get that right. We've um, <clears throat> we've convened this morning and uh, we um, are coming off the back of Liverpool beating Atletico Madrid in their own yard. And uh, we're going to discuss through the game a few various other bits around um, Liverpool at the moment and then previewing the, the Man United game at the weekend. So, Paul, I'll come to you first. Um Looking at the lineup, what did you what did you think about the fact that he didn't change the lineup? Obviously, he brought Allison in, but we most people would have thought that he'd have brought Fabinho back in, um, but he didn't do that. And he actually explained it before the game by saying that we haven't had any time to train in between the Watford game and today, so I've just gone with the same the same lineup. What did you think of that? Again, uh, the, the the amount of discussion about the the teams that get picked now for any team. The, the manager, he's picked that team and we've won the game. So I thought at the time, I thought Fabinho would play, but you don't know what he's not what he's been doing since he got to Madrid type of thing. He's obviously been training and that, but he was here on his, uh, with Alisson rather than with the squad. He's explained that they've not done any training since Watford. So he's just gone with the team that he thought to do best and then you're 2-0 up after 13 minutes. So... You think, oh, he's done the right thing. Obviously, he went to 2-2 two, two at half-time, but I think we looked... Just, like it, it, We were strong during the game. You know, There was certain things going wrong. I know Kate has had a lot of stick today on social media, but I think a lot of it's just people jumping on bandwagons, myself. I don't know whether it's justified or not, but I certainly think he won the game, he picked the right team. That's how you'd have to look at it at the end of the day. The, the case of thing is he, he's Marmite for Liverpool fans, Steve, isn't he? Um, and it... Puts it into perspective when you hear Jurgen Klopp after the game saying that's his fifth game in two weeks. Yeah, I, I mean, hey, that was one hell of a strike. Is the first thing to say, and and, and I guess that where, where you lose it with 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 Naby at times is the, the the criticism you get is that he doesn't track back particularly well, uh, and and to a certain extent, I'd I'd, I'd agree with that. I, I mean, I've said on previous pod- podcasts that. W- my feelings on Naby is I really feel as if there's a great player trying to get out 
at, time, at times. And um, it, it's good. It's good to see him get a few goals now. You know, hopefully it'll build his confidence. But I, I think what worries me is, is that Jurgen's side. If you're going to be in Jurgen's side, you've got to work really hard. You know, Jurgen expects that. That's the way that he sets us up for eleven men on the pitch to be working really hard. And at times, Nabi just seems to lose that a, a, a little bit. It's a it's a pity because he's a really good player. He, he definitely is, and you can see the talent that's there. Obviously, um, I think just coming to you, Dad. What that first twenty minutes, we we were fantastic, weren't we? Um, and. Um, everything seemed to be going well. Did you did you think that it was more to do with us being brilliant or them being a little less lacklustre? Because they, I mean, they they set up obviously in a in a deep block and they let you have the ball and that's fine. But there certainly wasn't an awful lot of intensity. We had pretty much free reign of the pitch. I think at one point we were seventy two percent possession. Did you think that we were brilliant or did you think that they were they were poor from the start? Well, I think there was a bit of both, actually. I think we carried on playing that the type of football that obviously we love uh, watching, and uh, and also they they back, they seem to back off a little bit, and then and then obviously when we've scored the two goals, if they're going to get into the game, if they're going to do something, then they're obviously going to going to have a go at it. But like all sort of um, Spanish teams, a lot of in in you know they they sort of have a go at you and sort of goad you into certain things and certainly that 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 came in it's, it's a bad part of the game it's a bit part of the game I don't like and then the intimidation then came in so once they got the first once they got the first goal that was the problem I think with Naby you talked about Naby before I think he's he's he's, he's a good player there's a great player inside there but I think I think he's a bit inconsistent is probably what I'd say I mean you know uh, he he was he was caught a couple of times, but then they they upped their game. So and they started throwing long balls uh, in in into our half, and and he was really he really was caught napping a little bit. But that was just the way it is. And then one, then the intimidation started, which is is not good to see. But then that's probably probably Sirioni's way of playing, I suppose, isn't it? Paul, just generally on football. Um... When a team goes 2 0 up and they're so dominant like we were last night, is there always a tendency to um, to take your foot off the gas? I mean, it certainly looked like that from us. I always felt watching the game that Atletico were never going to carry on playing as passively as they did. Um, I mean, what do you what do you think about that? Well, just on the on a two 0 lead, they always say don't these the two 0 is a dangerous lead, uh, which is if you look at it. In the coal light today, it's a ridiculous statement because would you like to be 2 0 up? <laughs> Any game you play, no, no, it's dangerous. No, I'd rather be 2 0 up type of thing. So it's one of them things. I think teams, not talking about, as you say, they're just in a general football sense. When teams go 2 0 up, especially early in the game, I think most teams do actually not, not sit back as such, but they think, well, we're all right here while it's 2 0. And you know, they, they don't relax by any means, but they stop going forward as much. I mean, you know, you look back at that Everton game a few years ago when we were we beat them 5-2 in the end. We're 2-0 up and then we sit back. You know, and they get the goal 2-1, then it's 3-1, 4-1. Then we let them score again. It's not like you know, letting them score, but I think teams, it's it's a, just an automatic reaction. It's like if a team's 3-0 or 4-0 up at half-time, they're not going to come out flying in the second half. They're going to think, 
we can play the ball around, we can turn down the intensity a little bit. I think it's just human nature. I don't think it's any tactical insight or anything. I think it's just a psychological thing. And then obviously they got the two goals quite quickly. And then, you know, we stepped it up again. And it's one of them things my dad always used to say, I don't mention my dad a lot on these, but that's where I got most of my football stuff from. T- teams can't change once they start playing a particular way. Now, we sat back a little bit, but we didn't really change how we were playing as such. And then the two goals going against you, and you can step it back up again, if you like. But it's very difficult. And, you know, 2 now. would you like to be 2 nil up? On Sunday at Old Trafford at any point in the game, you know, if it's 10 minutes or 80 minutes, oh yeah, I'd like to be 2-0 up. It's never a lead you'd say you don't want. Obviously, the second goal going in later on can kill a team off, you know, like the Burnley game this season at Anfield. Get that second goal, you think, thank God for that. You know, we sort of like, there's not going to be a late equaliser now as such. But I I really do think it's a psychological thing with every team, not just Liverpool. It's uh, across the country, across the world. When you watch any game when a team goes 2-0 up, they do just stop playing the way they've been to go the 2-0 up, especially if they've been bombing forwards as well, to go 2-0 up early on in a game. Steve, just looking at the fact that we were 2-0 up and then we lost two goals pretty quickly, which which kind of seemed like the first two attacks that they'd had, um, they scored for. It probably wasn't like that, but it seemed like that while you were watching the game. What did you think they changed or what did you think we changed um, in terms of how we were we were playing and how we were dealing with them? What what changed for you? I, I think Paul made a, an interesting point. I mean, one of the thoughts that I went through after 13, 14 minutes is, Christ, we scored those goals too early. Mm. <laughs> that was that was almost worrying me. But as Paul rightly said, uh, you, you you take goals whenever you take them. You know, um, th- th- I was really surprised for the first twenty minutes because I think that Atletico showed what I, I could best describe as a lot a, a lack of adventure. Mm. You know, they were sitting extremely deep. They they were relying on on long balls. I mean, there was a couple of incidents where maybe they should have scored on long balls. And I, on both occasions, I thought he got to be offside. Mm. And then the replay showed that he was just in his own half. So clearly, what wasn't offside. That they then stepped it up. I think the thing that worked in our favour last night. Um, and I'd pay a compliment to the referee. Who, who basically got all of the big calls right, and more to the point, he didn't he didn't fall for their snidey tactics. Generally, he just didn't fall for them, which we've seen with Atletico before. That tends to happen. That's the way that they they play their game. In in fact, at one stage, and, and I was thinking of Jimmy Milner, um, it, it was nice to go there to. Uh, and I'd describe it as we almost outsnided the snides. Right, a, li- yeah. a little bit, and and Jimmy Milner w- was was sort of leading that, leading that. But I I thought what we we showed last night was uh, actually more experience playing against a snidey side because let's be honest that they, they are a horrible horrible snidey um, team to 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 play play against. They 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 really really are. You could people say. Did we deserve the win? Well, yeah, we won. We scored three goals, and they scored two goals. Um, you know, it really is like, yeah, we we deserved the win. You look at the possession statistics. I think it was sixty-two percent possession. Just on something there, Steve. 
Say that we do not get that third goal. We get a penalty, obviously. Say we, you, the way you're describing the game, do your, does your assessment of the game change if we, do, if we don't get that third goal or if they equalise? Not really, because I think, I think a lot of our fans last night, um, I, a draw would have been a good result. Let's be perfectly honest. I mean, had we got beat, yeah, okay, maybe my assessment would have changed, but certainly not if we didn't get the third goal and got a draw. I'd, I'd almost have been quite happy with that. Mm. Um, the fact that, that we got the win it was, was just tremendous, absolutely tremendous result. I mean, going to, going to that stadium to play Atletico in their own backyard is not an easy thing to do for any European side. It, 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 it really, really isn't. I thought, I thought we, managed it, we managed the game reasonably well. Um, we, we, we competed with them in their sort of snidey tactic. I don't think we're anything like as, 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 as snidey as them. And I'm, I'm stunned at the, the, the amount of time. Their most effective weapon is surrounding the referee and complaining. Oh, they love surrounding the referee, don't oh, they? It, it, they? They just never stop. Yeah, yeah. It, totally. it really is. Dad, um, one of the things that Paul often says on these podcasts, and I always pick up on it, is it's just something so simple, but it, it, it's spot on. He always says, we just need to move the ball quicker. And certainly after they got their two goals and we got in after half time, he's obviously had a talking to them and Fabinho comes on, but I'd still got the impression that we didn't move the ball quick enough. A lot of it was quite passive. It was quite almost lethargic. Um, I certainly think that Trent Alexander-Arnold suffered as a result of that at some stage. He, his, um, he, he had a 10-minute spell before he got dragged off where he was he was very, very lethargic. Um, what did you think? Do you think it was down to something as simple as that, just moving the ball quicker, or do you think there was other things at play? I think um, what Steve said before is that, is that you'd have taken a draw. and you would have t- I'd have taken a draw with no injuries to our side. That's what I would have done. I mean, the fact that we actually got a win um, in the end, we were fortunate and we'd obviously descended, descended off. I, 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 you know, I've seen, I've seen that. He, he actually um, clips his ear and he's standing up. Mm. So, I mean, how high is that? So he got, obviously, uh, unusually, the referee was really, really good. And it favoured us, if you like. I suppose they're going to not be happy with the fact that obviously they they um, thought they had a penalty and then it was it was chalked off with uh, VAR. I think I think in the second half we started so well, then we just sort of I don't know we dropped down a gear if you like, and um, because maybe maybe it's just another a game where we thought we'd obviously got it in the bag, but I mean, I'd have taken a draw before with no injuries. Mm. Um, the fact that it worked out as it as it did and the referee had thought, obviously we're going to say that because it went went our way, but to come away from there with that intimidation and that play acting, although very surprised he didn't put Suarez on earlier mm. or even play him. Mm. I think that would have been, I was thinking then, I was thinking, oh, if Suarez comes on, you know oh, that could be that could be difficult, but for some unknown reason he didn't he didn't play Suarez. But I would I was expecting him for him to play because no matter what other people think about him, he's a good player. Yeah, he's a very good player. Paul, I'm going to come to you on this. So let's talk about the actual actual incidents. Now you're probably going to have a go at me here, but I I think the sending off's harsh. 
I think it's a yellow card, but I think it it, it is harsh because he he's not he's not looking. He just has his foot up there, and then Bobby's face and tends to be there. I think our penalty is a penalty, but I also think their penalty is a penalty. So, what do you think? Uh, I, well, I thought our penalty was a definite penalty at the time. Hundred percent. You know, not, I don't think there's any question whether that's a not an incident, not to discuss type of thing. But there was no question because the fella, the fella's not even looking at the ball. He's, he's, looking, he's, he's not looking where he's, well, he's looking where he's going, obviously, but he just wipes him out. I mean, there's no question that that's a penalty. There's again, it's one of them where if you, it's against you, as given against you, it's never a pen. And if it's one that you get, it, it was like a 50% of our penalty. Mm. It was, you know, if ours is 100%, that's a 50% challenge. It, it can be given. They, I, you know, I, as soon as I was, funnily enough, I was talking to my son on uh, the phone and WhatsApp during the game. And I said to him, once the referee's gone to the monitor, he's going to change his mind. Because that seems to be how VAR works. If the, if he gives a, he gives the penalty, but then if he goes to the monitor, he's been told by the VAR that it's wrong and he needs to go and change it, but he needs to go and see it himself to change it. I think that's to be what fair happened. To the referee, he had a really good look at it. Like he yeah. watched it a good six or seven times. He was yeah, there. There's always time. a bit of a worry because you start thinking and he's going to start seeing things that aren't actually there. But that's what it's there for, for him to have a second look. And he's had a really good look at it. Like the other week, what was the game the other week where he literally looked at it once and then and gave the decision? I think that was us, wasn't it? That wasn't was us, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I can't remember. I, I try not to uh, think about VAR once it's happened. It's something that's... Uh, I think it's a, it's a... Again, you say it's a blight on football. We got to win last night because of it, because he would have given that pen under normal circumstances and not being allowed to query a type of thing if you like he wouldn't have changed it but on the just quickly on the sending off I, I honestly I know you're saying he's not looking at that but there's a, there's a thing I always say when people do incidents like that if, if you watch the player who does the foul if you, you know, call it a foul he got sent off call it a foul if he does that accidentally they immediately put the hands up because it's not deliberate now Griezmann didn't when he did it, he didn't react. He didn't. If you, you know, if you knock knock into something, oops, sorry. If you do it on purpose, you don't react. I, I, I think he knew what he was doing. I'm not. I'm not sure he meant to catch him in the face particularly, but it's it's dangerous play. If you look at the rules of the game, any action that puts an opponent in danger of injury is a sending off. It's serious mm-hmm. foul play. He, yeah. he, you know, he's kicked him in the face. You know, if we're playing Man United on Saturday. If Sadio Mane kicks Maguire in the face, apart from the fact it might wake Maguire up, but if he kicks him in the face, he's going to get sent off. And you couldn't sit in home or at the match if you're lucky to go and say, well, why has he been sent off? Mm. If you, you know, why did you get sent off? If it's like a Sunday league game, why did you get sent off or kick someone in the face when they were standing up? Mm. Okay. <laughs> There's not really much explanation needed. You know, I didn't pull someone back or clip someone's heels when they were clean through. You know, you kick someone in the face. It's very difficult to explain how you've done it unless he's lying on the floor. I just remember the Sadio Mane one, which I thought was unfortunate when we played City years ago. Yeah, well, he's, he's looking at the ball coming over his shoulder, Mane. Yeah. The goalie's out. The, the, the argument there is the goalie's outside the area. Yeah. So should Mane be expecting the goalie yeah. to be outside the area? It's one of them things. Because if, if, if you look at Mane's one, have you ever watched that again? He, he does that straight away because mm. he doesn't know the goalie's there. 
until mm. he actually, you know, kicks him on the neck type of thing. You know, it, it, even that, I mean, I thought that was a sending off, to be fair, because you've, you can't sort of say, well, I didn't think anyone would be there. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, like, it's like throwing a punch and then hitting someone and saying, well, I didn't know anyone was there. You know, it's, <laughs> if you take it to an extreme example type of thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if, you, if you kick someone in the face or above the chest height and they're not lying on the floor or crouching down, it's difficult to explain how you did it because you've sort of got to be expecting someone to be there at the argument. I didn't know he was there, but Griezmann's looking right at him mm. and he didn't react. Now, mm. I, don't, I don't know why he'd suddenly do that. But it's a definite sending off in my eyes. Enjoying this podcast? Then why not supercharge your support for the Reds with Anfield Index Pro? With around 30 premium podcasts every month, AI Pro offers the very best reviews, reaction and debate on all things LFC. From the acclaimed statistics and deep dive analytics found in our Under Pressure podcast, to the transfer links, scouting reports and fast live reaction shows we record after every match, AI Pro is home to our very best content. With regular appearances by Reds legends like Jan Molby and Sir Kenny Dalglish, plus insight from journalists, sports scientists, coaches and psychologists, we'll help bring you closer to the club you love. There's never been a better time to take AI Pro for a test drive. Available on all popular podcast platforms, with free apps for iOS and Android. You can try it absolutely free with no strings attached. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com to start your seven-day free trial now. Steve, um, and I'll let you talk on this subject. All, all of you can have a little, your little say on this. But, um, Steve, Mo Salah actually comes out of the guy. It was funny, I was went for a walk this morning and I totally forgot that Mo Salah got two goals because I, mm. I'd almost, like, you know, it, for some reason, it, it dawned on me while I was walking and listening to a podcast that Mo Salah scored two last night. There's been a lot written and spoken about um, Mo in the last few weeks. Um, what's what's what does he mean to you? What what are you? How do you put him in the the league table of Liverpool players, for example? He's been with us what four years, I think. During that time, right through that time, he's been outstanding. I think what's happened just recently, uh, and yet the, you're always going to get a bit of hype. But what's happened, what's happened just recently is he's moved up levels from outstanding um, to, to just being sen- sensational, whatever word you want to you, you, you describe. I mean, the couple of goals that, that he's got. Funnily enough, in the, in the Watford game, I, I remember when he was wriggling away there, I, as I was watching it on TV, I was thinking to myself, Christ, he's going to do it again. Thinking back to his goal against, he's going to do it again, and 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 indeed that he did, and and I suppose that 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 probably brings us on to what's going to happen with with Mo in the future. I, I mean, the way I look at it is, if Mo Salah was playing for any other team in the world, in Europe, wherever it may be, um, we probably couldn't afford to buy him mm. because he would be that expensive. We, we probably couldn't afford to buy him. Um, we, we, we've got him here. He, he always strikes me because he, he's always smiling as well. That's the other thing. Whenever he's interviewed, he's got this big toothy sort of grin. He, it seems to me as if he, he, he's really very happy with us mm. and, and, he, and he wants to play. Now, I don't, I don't know what goes on in the background. I, I really don't know. But I think comparing him to other players 
he's better than Salah was when he was with us. And Salah, Salah was pretty, sorry, not Salah, I, I mean Suarez, forgive me. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, can like, you edit really that bit out? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's saying, um, no, he's, better, he's better than Suarez was, you know, for that three years that Suarez okay. was with us. He, he, he's just on a level as a goal scorer above anything possibly that we've ever seen. Um, certainly in my time watching watching us since the mid sixties, that, that's that's how how good he is. Whether he whether he can maintain that the level that he's at, you know, for the remainder of this season and next season or whenever it may be, I, I don't know. All I would say is that at the at the moment he's he's on a plane which nobody else is. Okay, Dad, how do you assess? You know, since he's come in, and where where do you put him in the in the league table of Liverpool greats? He's got to be right, right there at the top. But obviously, I did a blog about him uh, separately, didn't I? So I have some uh, opinions about it. My own opinion is that he does look very happy at Liverpool, and I think he said that as well. But obviously, his agents aren't happy. His agents will be telling him that you know he they can get him. Well, I think the I think the quote in four hundred thousand pound a week. FSG will not pay that. Mm. I think they'll pay uh, a bit more. I think maybe, maybe the maybe the other uh, our other team members uh, who have contributed highly to the way that Salah's playing now. Salah has to, and I wrote this tonight. Salah has to think now. If I go somewhere else, am I a better player? Am I the player I am now because of the people I've got around me who are actually feeding me? And, you know, we've got some magnificent players at, at the moment, magnificent players at Liverpool. He play the type of football that suits his game. Now, he could go anywhere, but then his agent would be saying, well, it won't make any difference because if you're going to be on £400,000 a week, um, it doesn't really make any... It, it's the money, isn't it? Now, Depends on whether he wants to be, uh, you know, even more legendary than he is. He certainly could do that at Liverpool. And he has to ask himself this question. Am I this good because I'm that good? Or am I this good because the players around me are so good that they've helped me get to the position that I'm in? And do I want the money more than I want to be the top player? Mm. It's entirely up to him. And I think you've only, we've only got to look at Coutinho and now Wijnaldum, who's not ha- happy. And there's, there's a few more who've left, who've got to that, that level, gone to another club and haven't reproduced it because the conditions are not the same. Mm. You know, the conditions, the way, the way we play, or even the way the club is, the way the fans are. We contribute to that because he's got a fan base there. There's... Well, I'd say second to none, but he could go somewhere else and, um, okay, he might get the money and sign the contract, but he might not, he might not maintain the standard he's got. I think he is that good, but he, he needs to be very careful what he does. Mm. Paul, what do, what do you think? Where does it all sit with you? About Salah, yeah. as, a, as a Liverpool player through the ages type of thing. Well, I never really do this, you know, this top 10 things. When, ever, when any, anyone says to me, what's your favourite Liverpool 11? I always just pick the 78-79 team. Mm-hmm. You know, 
as a team. Now you can have your individual players. Obviously, Kenny played in that team. You say you're not on our loss. 78, 79. I was uh, 17 at the time. <laughs> I was still in my team. Let me just do the maths. Hang on. <laughs> I'm 60 in January, so I could be an owl arse in January. There. <laughs> I'm officially an owl arse from January. I got my bus pass and that. But watching Salah there, you know, obviously your home games, you watch him there and watching him on the telly and the away games. I think we're getting, a, not we as a general fan base. He's getting a lot of plaudits at the moment. He's scoring fantastic goals. The, the danger would be that you get not spoiled by him, but the danger is if he doesn't do it against United, it's like, well, Salah never scored. No, he scored in nine games, but you, you, you can't let what he's doing spoil what he might do in the future. You know, there's going to be games he doesn't score in, and you don't want people saying, no, no, Salah's not scored. Salah's, you know, missed a chance. He's done this or he's done that. So not being spoiled by him as a, general fan base but it's just like you, you can't expect him to do what he's doing now every game now the fact that he does seem to be doing it every game is fantastic for us you know that goal last night and by the way how we got two goals last night to mystery because if I was Milner I'd be definitely claiming that first one because <laughs> he, he deliberately flicked it and the flick took it in so there's no, if that's a defender it's a, it's Salah's goal but once that's Milner, that, that, that for me was Milner's goal last night. Sky Sport, uh, sorry, BT Sports uh, looked at it and it hasn't actually touched Milner. It touched someone, didn't it? They it touched, touched the defender. defender. Yeah, just went in straight in, it went in off the defender. I thought I thought Milner because it's I on the live score, it changed from Salah to Milner. Yeah, and then it changed Oh, fair enough then. I should have watched it again and I haven't watched it enough, obviously. Yeah. I, thought, I thought Milner, especially the way Milner reacted as well, because he reacted yeah, yeah. like he touched yeah. it. Yeah, because he's the shit house. We know that. So, well, he was top <laughs> shit, top shit house last night because he he does uh, said before he he kept us in that with them because we didn't get overpowered by their tactics. I mean, we I, to be honest with you, they going around do just quickly the Atletico going around the referee. I thought that got stopped. I you know I thought that was something that was stopped by the lovely UEFA mandate that you're not allowed to do that. The referee should just start giving yellow and red cards if he's surrounded like he was, but they don't seem to do it. But I think it's a numbers thing because mm. you'd have to send two or three of them off. But I mean, some was funny last night. It was Jimenez has become his number one most hated player in the world ever. Just on that one performance last night, the uh, Uruguay who plays for Atletico. My son was scathing about him when he spoke to us. He was, uh, I can't use the words. He said shit house before, which obviously don't like swearing on the podcast, but my son, that was the, the less... The most minor description <laughs> of him and his last night. But just with Salah, going back to Salah, he, he's a fantastic player. If you said to me, write down your top 10 Liverpool players that I've watched since the late 60s, which is 1969, my first game, he'd have to be in the top 10 now, you know, for, for actually watching players live. Again, as you can go back and say, you know, likes of top 10 players ever, you say Billy Little and people like that. I never seen Billy Little play, unfortunately. So for players I've seen, Salah would have to be in the top 10, if not the top five, to be honest with you. And certainly as a forward, he's in the top three forwards I've seen. Mm. So you can't say fair. That just, just to disclaim, when I, when I labelled James Milner as a shithouse... I mean, and I, in a good sort of way, yeah. The greatest of respects. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, and affection, actually, because I love he, a shithouse more than that's anything else. He, that's because he's our shithouse. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Um, Steve, just before we leave the Salah thing, as our resident accountant, um, 
what's I mean what, what how do you assess the the contract situation I know you mentioned it briefly but what do, what do you think that the challenges are there he's going to have his agent in his ear as Ed said um it, it's it's I don't like agents but an agent's responsibility is to his client not to the club hmm. and an agent's responsibility should be to um, balance his advice uh, to his clients. So, as Ed said, that he, I would hope that his agency is saying, okay, it's 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 not just about money, um, because at the end of the day, there's only so many Ferraris you can drive or yachts that you can sail on. You know, once you've got one of each, do you really need any more? Or hospitals not, not, you can build, or hospitals you can build in his particular case, because he's very very philanthropic in that in that way, which is 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 super is superb. Um, the contract situation. I hope he would take a balanced view. I hope his agent would 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 advise him as such. I mean, I, I, Ed, you mentioned four hundred thousand uh, a week. He may well be worth it. And if Ronaldo is worth um, five hundred ten thousand pounds a week, which I believe he's getting at United, certainly Mo Salah, you would argue, is worth four hundred thousand pound a week. Although I'm just going back to a podcast you you did re- recently. Uh, Gab, where the figure of three hundred was men- yeah. was mentioned. That was as- David Lynch, and I'd asked him had yeah. what he heard, and he said that three hundred thousand. Now I was surprised at that. I thought it would be north of, of that figure, but I mean that doesn't seem too unreasonable, does it, Steve? No, no. I, I, but it's certainly reasonable in 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 my mind. Um, I, I think it comes back to the fact that the look if he was if he was for sale. We, we as a club probably couldn't afford to buy him. Mm. You, you just couldn't afford to buy him because he would be that valuable. You know, you would be talking at a number which is in excess of the the, the, the Neymar fee, I, I would guess, which was, what, 180 million euros or something, was it? Something like, something like that. And ridiculous wages. Um, so I think that what we need to do, I, I think there's possibly a deal to be done with Mo Salah because he does seem very, very happy. Um, doing what he's doing, playing for the club that he's playing. Um, and I, I've also heard, I think it was Carragher that said he doesn't get the love from the fans. I, I just don't know where that comes from. I really don't know where that comes from because, to my mind, he, he, he does. Hey, it's expensive. I think footballers are hopelessly, uh, ridiculously overpaid gen- generally. But, hey... That's that's the that's the the game we're playing. That, that's market the pitch we we'll play. It's market forces. It, it really is. And if we want to compete at the level that I think we want to compete at, that's the going rate that you probably are going to have to pay. Steve, is there a diddle to be done at all in terms of um, paying him in a different way so that you maintain your wage structure and you keep everyone else happy? But is there some way that they can do it where he gets? 400 grand a week but it's not actually recorded as 400 grand a week it's done on uh, bonus payments or or, or whatever well there the will be and some of the figures that are bandied around of course you know that they, they do lead you to believe that the guy just picks up x hundred thousand pound a week week in week, week out um, and paul you probably know more about this than than, than i do but you know the way that a deal is structured a, a a package is structured can be based on incentive appearances god knows everything goals scored whatever whatever it may it may be i don't know how the, the, they're structured i think what you're getting at is probably the legality 
of doing it. Now, it can be done. The, the, there's accountants who are far better than me who understand all about offshore, et cetera, et cetera. You, you, you have to be very, very careful because there, there is this very fine line that, that exists between tax evasion and tax avoidance. One of them is legal. Um, avoidance is, is legal. If you put money into an ISA, you are avoiding tax in a totally legal, legal way. Evasion is very, is highly illegal. And, and I guess that that's what you, you, you they have to be uh, really careful of. If you're enjoying this video so far, please show your support for the Ken7 channel by clicking the subscribe button, the like button, and also clicking the bell for future notifications. If you could also share the video on your Twitter and Facebook account, that will show YouTube's algorithm that you like our content. Do you know about Ken7 merchandise? The link is in the description of this video. We have premium fanware for fans covering Liverpool, Celtic and Scotland. And it's fanware for young and old. So we have t-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, caps, mugs, you name it, we've got it. Just something else to remember, every purchase that is made on our website, we donate to the Marina Dalgalish Appeal. So you're helping a great cause as well. Mm. So you mentioned um, the weekend there, Steve. We've obviously got a massive game. Paul, I'm going to come to you. Um, we're playing United on Sunday. Uh, they are in a strange period of, of form, um, which, to be honest, has been lovely to watch from afar. Um, going into the game, what are your thoughts? Uh, honestly, over the however many years we've been going to watch them and doing that, I've never, ever really been confident going to Old Trafford before the game, no matter what's happening. They just think they, you know, talking about people stepping the game up. They won't want us going there, beating them like that 3-0 a few years ago when Gerard and Suarez scored. If that happens, or last season was 4-2 last season, I think, from memory, I, I think we should beat them. If you're going there to play another team in the form that United are in, you would think that we would win. You know, you'd think we'll go there and overpower them in effect because that's what we're doing to teams at the moment. Uh, we just need to be on our game from the start. Again, you talk about the passing thing, get two passes, two touch, console, pass, move, and then get them turning. Get my favourite player, Maguire, turning if he can. He doesn't even turn now, does he? He just stands facing the same direction, no matter what's happening around him. He doesn't even try and turn around now. He just still faces the one way and then blames everyone. I mean, how he, he was blaming people for that goal Leicester scored last week. He, he blamed someone else. And he had the ball thrown out to him and lost it. <laughs> how can he blame someone else for giving him the ball? Yeah, the, and he lost it by doing a mad 45-degree turn on it, but he didn't need to. lost it. Tielemann zooms it into the top corner, or, you know, helps it into the top corner. And then Maguire's pointing at everyone else in the middle because you can see all the defenders like looking at him going, you know, that was your fault. It's you blaming us for. But again, hopefully he plays on Sunday and uh, they all get in and around him. You know, the, the three forwards or whoever it is, whether it's Bobby, Mane and Salah or whether Jota plays from the start. Uh, to add that little bit of pace against United's back four because it's, it seems to be between Firmino, Firmino and Jota uh, for that third spot. Now, he might want the pace side of it and then bring Bobby on later on or he might do it the other way around and 
if you ever see me picks, you know, that's the formation we'll play. It's, it's easy to talk about different formations. I think Fabinho will certainly play on Sunday. I don't mm. think there's any question of that. Uh, who plays, who's fit. Anyone got injured last night? Has anyone got niggled from last night? You don't know. You just have to see what he does. But certainly if, if we... It's, I say this a lot and it probably bores people now, but if we play to our capacity there, we're better than them. Mm. So we'll beat them. Mm. If something goes wrong, then that's football and that's what happens. But you've just got to go into it with all guns blazing for me. Dad, um, I, I, I come to you with a fair amount of trepidation because I've been on record before as saying, that, and this, this worries me a little bit, that your hatred for Man United is is probably bigger than your love for Liverpool. So, um, <laughs> and it's always one one a game that you watch from behind the sofa. So, um, how, how are you feeling going into this game? Bearing in mind that they're not in a good run of form. I, I, as you know, I never liked the uh, the games against Man United. Um, my my one worry, with my big worry, more than one worry, the big worry at the moment is they can redeem themselves with one win against us on Sunday. They will, they and they'll know that. I mean, and if Solskjaer, if he's no good. I mean, which I don't think he's, a, he's, he's that great a manager, but you'd be, if he's saying to them, now listen, today, if you can, if you can win this, all, all that criticism that, that we're getting from our own fans will go away mm. with one, one win. Yeah. And that just worries me a little bit. And I just worry about how much last night's game has taken out of our, our team. Um, Hopefully. I'll, stick, I'll stick with you, Dad. I mean, don't don't forget they're playing tonight. So we've got 25 yeah. in Scotland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so they, they obviously uh, they, they obviously, obviously will, will have a problem from whatever whatever tonight's game uh, turns up. So I'm, I'm hoping that obviously we continue in the same vein. And we couldn't be, I don't think our... I don't think our morale could be any higher than it actually is. Mm. So I'm hoping that will take us through. But then with me, I'm always thinking, well, maybe, you know, um, what about the what about the referee? Yes. There's, there's, there's a little bit it's, of a... Um, it's, it's Withenshaw's most famous Altrincham fan. No. Yeah. It's yeah. Anthony. Oh, He's it's... from Greater Manchester, isn't he? Why didn't mm. he do that? I don't know. I don't know. So that's that's the the, the referee, and um, that 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 worries me. Listen, you know me with Man United, everything worries me. Yeah. So that's another worry to think about. But listen, if uh, maybe maybe Salah will just go through it, and if we can play our game, we're a better team, a much better team than they are. But I just, you know, at the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, it's obviously an old trap, and I'd be more happier if it was at Anfield with our with our fans there. Mm. But um, I'm I'm sure, I'm sure that all lads will give it a go. Just just hoping, quite frankly. Mm. Um, but I never like you know, Man United um, games at all. It's not that I hate them; um, I don't like them. But I believe that Arsenal um, United fans. Okay. <laughs> um, Steve, they um, they're a strange unit because they 
they strike me as a collection of individuals, very talented individuals, and it's difficult to see for me how they, what they're all about. Um, and, and and the danger with that is that on any one day you get nine out of ten performances from four of their players, and they'll 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 steamroll you because they're, they're just world class players. Fernandez, Pogba, um, Ronaldo. Uh, I mean, I love Greenwood for them. I'm, I'd love mm-hmm. Greenwood to be playing for us. He's absolutely fantastic at such a young age. He's got a big goal in him as well. What you know? What do you think about that? I think I think what you've just hit the nail on the head is the difference in quality between the managers of our respective clubs. Um, be, be, because I think that, due respect to uh, Solskjaer, um, he that is his job. If to have a, a group of players who have all got individual talents and 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 sort of weave them all together to put, to produce a unit that's greater than some of its parts, um, that's what Jurgen Klopp does a particularly good job at mm. to actually weave together our our talents to produce a, you know an output which is greater than the sum of the parts. I mean, like your dad, um, I, I I hate this game. I hate this game with a passion. I, in fact, sometimes Gav, I think as you know, I don't watch it. I, 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 I know you've been for a walk before now. No, no, I go out on my bike for two on your hours. Bike, yeah. I go I just go ride around on my bike for two hours just to avoid it and then come back at the and don't take a phone with me, don't take anything with me and just come back and you know, sort of have a look on, on red and white cop or something to see the result. I don't even look on the BBC to get the to get the results. But hey, we, we, at the moment we're so much better than them. We, we we really are. If we're if we're anything like, uh, we're at a, a, a level way above Manchester United at the moment. They've got great individual players. Uh, so, some of them anyway. Some of them are overrated. Some of them are too old. Um, but with the, y- y- Jurgen will have us all believing. He'll have our side believing that with how, how much better than we are, and we'll go there. You, you can you can never underwrite a result. Anything can happen there. Um, Nice four two would be good, a bit like last season. <laughs> um, just before I let you go, uh, I'll come to you, Paul, first. Um, it's six years recently since Jurgen Klopp took over, um, and I just wonder what you thought is in summary of his of his tenure since he took over. Very briefly, discussing six years uh, when he come, I was happy he come. I thought he was the right choice at the time. Uh, we've won the league for the first time in 30 years under him. We've won the European Cup. We're challenging for things every year. I don't think he, anyone could have done any better than he's done. And the way he deals with stuff as well. Even that journalist last night, who he, the journalist was trying <laughs> to get him in the shit for what happened with uh, Simeone and Jürgen just shot him down. I know it annoys all the uh, fans of other teams that he talks to people like that, but I'd rather he did that than sat back and accepted it. So I, you, you can't, if you find, well, well, I can't find any faults with how he runs the team, how he's done for six years. You change things, of course, because you'd have had that one when we got the 97 points, we'd have won the league rather than coming second to City, like in any normal season. But you can't knock it with, all right, you say with the League Cup and FA Cup, we don't uh, make much of a shape. But certainly, if you're going to talk to the main two, the league and the European Cup, then he's won them both. And we're in a position to challenge for them and hopefully win them again this season. So you, you can't really ask for anything more. 
Yeah, no, it's a good analogy and um, sorry, a good a good summary, Dad. You know what does he mean to you, Jurgen? I know you're a big fan and um, you've seen the club develop from when you were a boy up to now. And how does he sit with great managers of the past for you? I think he's obviously up there at the best. I just like his I like his personality and I like his humility as well. I mean, Jürgen's got that and he just comes out with some of the sayings, which are not only is he a great football manager, but he's a great person. He's a great human being. Yeah. Um, and I think if you were a friend of his, a personal friend of his, you'd be a very lucky, a very lucky person to have someone as good as him as a friend. Mm. Steve? We talked a lot about Mo Salah earlier on and how good he is at the moment. Um, actually, I, I think that over the last six years, our most, our most important signing has been Jurgen Klopp. Yeah. Um, he, he, I, I mean, I, I just love the man, as you know. Uh, I, I have this vision of Jurgen. He, he's just such a character as well. Um, I, I, I've got this idea that, that he, he, he rides to the ground on a Harley Davidson. <laughs> and and he, sort of, he leaves it parked under the main stand or something. He, he strikes me as that type of character. Paul, you've talked about his achievements there, you know, and, and you can you can add to those achievements another couple of European finals during that tenure. Yeah. A, a 99-point season, a 97-point season. Um, he, he's just... any Every other club in the world would want Jurgen Klopp as their manager. That, that's how good he is. Just like every other club in the world would would want Mo Salah at the moment. I, he's, I hesitate to say he's a modern day Bill Shankly, and, and and Paul, you could take massive issue with me on that because they they both of them in their own way have been fantastic for Liverpool Football Club in totally different eras. Shanks was absolutely right for 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 his era. Uh, Jürgen is absolutely right for the current era. Mm. Brilliant. Good stuff, guys. Yeah. Well, listen, thanks, lads. Thanks very much for your time. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, don't forget to give us a hit a subscribe button, hit the like button. And um, if you've got any comments, let me know and I'll get the lads to come back to you. Boys, thanks very much for your time. And uh, we'll see you on the next one in a few weeks. Cheers. Okay. Cheers. Thanks, Sam. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.